talk. We're kicking off a new series. It is called We Are Second. One of the things that we get asked probably the most um, when somebody comes here for the first time is, what's with the name? Like, second place, like, first loser, like, awesome, like, wow. And then we sell merch that says second place on it. And then we never have, yeah, I mean, we're waiting for the first baseball team to ask us to sponsor them. And then on the back, it'll say second place. It'll be awesome. Um, maybe we'll put that on the way home. But, but the cool thing is that we have a whole series, because of this month being um, our anniversary month, and nine years ago, ten years ago, if you count the launch window that we, that we had, that this is really a time for us to talk about a little bit about wh- who we are. And, and I want you to be asking the question, you know, if you're new to this, to this community, to the warehouse, I think one of the big questions you have to ask yourself that, that really kind of defines some things for you is this. It's a scary question. Are these my people? Are these people my people? And if this is your people, we need to talk about who we are. And, and I think that it also does some things for us because it binds us together in such good ways that we're going to be looking out for each other. We're going to be fighting for each other. We're going to be praying for each other. We're going to be seeing God do awesome things in the community because this is our people, right? Are you guys with me? So as we think about, there's like three people that are on here. Awesome. Um, so as we talk about the fact that we are second, I want to take some time and I want to give you guys an idea right now that we are going to be, I'm going to be challenging you to use your imagination today. Everybody say imagination. Yeah, it's one that's that thing that you parked when you were in second grade because everyone told you you need to learn math and science. Like, no, I want to go back to the imagination. I want you to use that today. And it's not how we typically really think. And so it's going to be a challenge for some of us to do this. I have absolutely zero slides today. Because I want you to use your imagination. I have no visual like illustration for you because that is going to happen in your mind. You guys are scared right now, are you not? I'm going to need some help. I would love for someone in the room, if you don't have a Bible and you want to look it up, um, you, there's Bibles in the back, but I want someone to look up uh, John 14.6. Can I get somebody to do that for me? It's interactive time. I need a hand to be raised. Show me. All right, William, do the man. John 14.6. Um, I'm also going to want someone to look up John 10.9. Anybody look up John 10.9? All right, Jack is man. And then lastly, I want someone to look up Luke 4, 18 and 19. Luke 4, 18 and 19. Do I have a winner? Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Kathy. You're good. Um, I want us to really help us understand something when we talk about Jesus. Because this first week is about the fact that we are second to him. We are second to Jesus. When we say second place, right after that we say Jesus first, home first, others first. And this whole idea of Jesus is a really interesting thing. As I was preparing for this message this week, I was thinking about all the different awesome things that Jesus is. And and, and who he is. And, and I think that that's typically how we think about Jesus. So uh, maybe you can holler if you have a thought, but you know, some of what Jesus is, is he is our Savior. He is the promised one. He is the Messiah. And we often think about Jesus in, in certain ways. Jesus is loving. Jesus is caring. Jesus is omniscient. He's 
omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's all the omnis, right? And when I say those things to you, I think what happens is that we begin to think about those words. Jesus is holy. Holy mean. Awesome. Jesus is caring, loving, and those are all good things. That's awesome. But I want to start today by reading from the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews chapter 1 is what I want to read you guys, and it's just verses 3 and 4. I'm going to read it a couple of times so that you can catch something that's happening. Many of you have heard this passage. It simply says this, The sun is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the of majesty in heaven. And so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he, was, he has inherited is superior to theirs. So many of you have heard that passage. And if you want to take a cruise through Hebrews, it would be a great thing to do. Because basically the author of Hebrews is based over and over and over again. He says Jesus is more awesome than you think. He's more awesome than the priests. He's more awesome than Moses. Yes, Moses was the leader of God's people. Yes, Moses had a message of freedom for God's people. But guess what? Jesus is a better Moses. He's the actual perfect God. He is the perfect Savior. In the beginning of Hebrews, it talks about the fact that Jesus is better than the angels. He's superior to the angels. Why is that a big deal? Because angels in those times were thought to be those that brought the message of God to people. So those that he was talking to, the Hebrews, they would have said, well, all right, an angel would have brought a message to, to Moses, would have brought a message to Abraham. And what the author of Hebrews is saying is that Jesus is the ultimate messenger and his message is better than that of the angels because it's good news about your freedom and your forgiveness. Are you guys with me? So this whole idea of Hebrews is that Jesus is more awesome, more cool, just amazing, and don't ever give up on him because he won't ever give up on you. That's your Hebrews lesson for the day. But did you listen? Did you listen to what that first few lines of verse 3 said? And before I read it again, I'm going to pray. Because we need Jesus to help us with our imagination. Heavenly Father, you are awesome. And God, right now, we're going to dive into a different way of thinking. A way that really is more Eastern than Western. And Lord, we just ask right now that you would open up our minds and open up our imagination. When we read your word and we experience your word, Lord, that we might be able to grasp some things that we maybe have missed. And so, God, we open up our hearts and we ask you to change us in Jesus' name. So let me read that, that verse 3 again. It says this, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation of his being. It's as if the author is saying, Jesus is like the rays of the sun. And the rays of the sun do some things for us, right? What do the rays of the sun provide for us? Hit me. Warm. Light. What? Vitamin D. Vitamin D. Yes, we need more vitamin D. Supposedly, we, uh, we, we hit our longest span of no sun in this era since like 2008. Like five days straight, no sun. Okay, so cool. But the sun is the radiance of 
God. And, and it's like he's the rays of the sun. He's also the exact representation of, the, of his being. So when you crack open your Bible this week and you start reading a gospel and you start seeing Jesus do stuff, you have to say, oh my goodness, this is exactly what God love is like. This is exactly what God is like. When we see Jesus, we see the Father. When we see Jesus, we see God. And so this exact representation, I don't know if think hologram, you know, carbon, I don't know, whatever that you think of that would make that, that, that connection in your imagination. But that's what he goes with. He doesn't say what you would necessarily expect him to say. And here's the thing. There are definite specific ways that we can understand information. There's things that we can get information about, and it's very Western of us, not like in John Wayne, but as in like Western culture, we often start with our head and we really try to move it to our heart. But in Eastern culture, many times they start with the heart and then it moves to the head. And so our challenge today is to maybe just allow ourselves, because many of us, and if you're new to Jesus, many of us maybe have heard about Jesus, know who he is, but I want you to start asking yourself what he is. And it, it, this is a, a more dynamic way of understanding information. It's a more dynamic way of thinking about it. So let me start the process. Are you guys ready? Is, is, your, is your imagination warming up or are you finally asleep? All right? You need like a flashy slide or something, you're not going to get it. So here's what I want you to do. Warm it up. Instead of necessarily thinking about Jesus as holy and omnipotent and all those things, what if you thought today Jesus as a rock? Or Jesus as living water? Or Jesus as an eagle's wing? Or Jesus as freshly baked bread? All of us that skip breakfast are like. <laughs> the story of you start baking some bread back there, man. So that freshly baked bread, and you think about that. See, when I say holy, omnipotent, omniscient, all those things, you start thinking about those words and how they're spelled. How do you even spell omniscient? That's a weird one. And you start thinking that way. But when I start to say that Jesus is freshly baked you start to almost smell it and you almost taste it. Buttery, yeah, butter. I love it. So this is a dynamic. See, we can we can get information, all kinds of information about things. We can get all kinds of information about Jesus, but it, it may never actually come down to our heart. But I want you to start thinking about how do I not just get information about Jesus, but how do I experience Jesus? It's the difference that, uh, the example that I'll give you that I think is really helpful. How many of you um, dissected a frog in seventh grade? Awesome. Um, side note, rabbit trail for me. Um, I had a very dark moment in my in my childhood when um, I dissected a chicken leg in seventh grade. Anybody been there? I have never eaten a chicken bite since that day. I only want the dinosaur-shaped chickens, all right? Because I couldn't do it. There's so much, there's so much going on, like in the chicken bite, like tendons and like things. Like y'all that like Kentucky Fried Chicken, I love you, but I can't do it. I don't like the dinosaur-shaped chickens either. 
Those are chicken nuggets that they made to look like dinosaurs. Are you guys with me? Alright. How many of you guys have tried a dinosaur shaped chicken? Alright, there you go. Yes, yes, child. But if you've ever dissected a frog, you learn a lot. Probably more than you want to learn about the frog, right? You learn about where the muscles are, how everything's connected, the tendons, you know, the eyeball, the whole thing. Like, you got it all done, you learned all kinds of information, you check off all the lists, got it, got it, got it, maybe even drew a diagram. Good for you. And you can learn a lot that way, and it's important that you do. But there's also a thing that you can do that you can actually observe a frog in its habitat. And you can learn all kinds of other information about a frog. You can learn about how far it can jump. You can learn about like how it swims, what it eats, why it eats it, like what eats it. Like you can find all kinds of different things out about the frog and its habitat. That's a more dynamic way of learning. And so today, as we're kind of diving in, I want you to be able to say, like, all right, let's start experiencing Jesus a little bit in a different way. Are you guys with me now? Are you like there? Are you there? Because I think if you are, what you will start to see is you will start to grasp some things about Jesus that maybe you missed before. That maybe you missed before. So let's go to John 14, 6. Who's, who's my guy? Going? All right, let me see. I got a mic over here. We're going to make this happen, all right? So let's give it up for William while I stop, all right? John 14, 6. Here you go. Let's hear it, my man. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Perfect. Let's hear that. So Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And the reason that he is the way is because he is the truth and the life, right? So that's kind of how that works. And, and so when you hear that Jesus is the way, what do you think of? When you think of Jesus as being the way to the Father, what do you think of? A path. Good? Ah, GPS. I had that one on my list. Direction. Crossroad. Crossroad, Personal tour guide. Alright. I like all that. And I think that when we start to think of Jesus as the way, and we start to allow that. Now you guys have probably heard that passage if you've been around church a little bit. You've heard that passage before. But now you start to think about what is he really saying? What is he really saying? And you start to think about the fact that, yeah, maybe he's a road map for me. Maybe there's a, he's a guy, Google Maps. Like, I mean, all these things start to come to our mind. We start to experience and think about Jesus in a different way. I want to go to um, John 10.9. John 10.9 is a similar passage, but I think it's important. John 10.9 is where? Is that Jack? All right, hold on, I'm going. Let's hear it for Jack. I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. We will come in and go out and find pasture. Good deal. So, what is it? You can clap for that. Yeah. John 10.9. Now, the, the great verse is the next one, right? John 10.10. 10. You know, be from the labs of the shore, but I have found to give life and give life more abundantly. We're not talking about that. Because you spoke too fast. You said, I am the gate. And anyone that comes in. What? Will be well, I'm not. saved and by pasture. So Jesus is referencing 
an image where in, in those times a shepherd would stand at the gate or sleep at the gate to where the sheep were kept. And he would, he would sleep or he would stand there and nothing would go on around. And so if the sheep were in the pen, they were safe and they would find pasture. They would be provided for. And we start to think of this as almost like in, in some versions and some translations, he says that he is a door, that he is a door. So what do you think about when you hear this? Well, obviously he says straight up that you are saved and that you're provided for. So what do you think about? Well, I think about this when, when I am saved. I think about things that save me, things like a life preserver, right? A lifeline. Things that, that, that are going to somehow capture me. Maybe like a, a defib kit. Like, anybody thankful for the defib kit? Yeah, yeah you, you are, if you need it. You are very thankful, right? And some of us are in our minds, and when it comes to Jesus, or when it comes to the past, it becomes it's in, in our life and where we're at spiritually, we are needing a defib kit right now. Because we're on our last leg. We're provided for. You know, the things that I think about, I think about what, like, what does Jesus, what does that mean? What does that start to, what imagery does that start to bring to mind? When I think about food and water. I think about being provided clothing. I think about being provided shelter, like the basic needs that we have. And I think about this, is anybody with me? Is anybody with me when I, I think about Jesus is the bread? Like, he is the one that gives us our sustenance for our soul. He feeds our soul. Like, when we think about the fact that he clothes us with righteousness, like we get our literal, our, our spiritual clothing comes from Jesus. He's the provider. When you think about shelter, when you are, are hurting and when you are needing to be in a safe place, you can run to him and he becomes that refuge. Are you guys there? Yeah. He is a fortress that no one else can penetrate, that you can be safe there and no one else can get to you. When a weapon of form against you will pass from because you are kept by him. He is the door. He is the door. He is the door. Uh, I want you guys to now officially engage the imagination. Now, many of you, but I'm about to tell you what to do, many of you, or some of you, are going to be very rebellious and choose not to. I, I am okay with that. Jesus loves you as well. Alright? <laughs> and, and he's working on you. He's, and you're working on that, right? You're working on that, right? Yeah, cool. Um, I want you to close your eyes in a second. And when I do, I'm going to start to tell you to what to imagine. And I want you to play along. And... Um, and then once uh, once we're done, you open your eyes and we'll keep going. All right? You guys with me? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Close your eyes, and I want you to imagine your dream home. I want you to imagine where it is. Think about: Is it in the mountains? Is it around the ocean? Is it in Miami? Probably not, right? I want you to think about the landscape that's outside. I want you to think about, you know, is it a colonial? Is it a, you know, mid-century modern? Is it, what is it? Does it have a wraparound porch with a slow on it? What does your dream home look like? Now I want you to go inside. 
I want you to go inside. I want you to start looking around your dream home. And I want you to start to identify where you're putting all of your favorite things. Think about all of your favorite things that you value most in your life. Maybe it's a photo album that you got from your grandmother, or maybe it's um, some hand-me-down that you received from, from your mother or father, whatever it might be. Maybe it's a car in the garage that you're hoping for the store. All the things that you dream about are in your house. And as you're thinking about that, I want you to think about the front door to your house that contains all your favorite things. And I want you to imagine that that front door isn't there. There's a door opening, but there's no door. There's a door opening, but there's no door. It's getting dark outside, and it's time to go to sleep. And you're about to go to sleep in a dream house with all of your favorite things, and the wind is blowing through and into the house. And it's 10 degrees outside. I want you for a second check in with your imagination and what you're feeling right now as you go to sleep in your room with your home completely open to anyone to come in. I want you to feel this. I want you to put a door in that opening. I want you to put a sturdy, thick, wooden door that is not going to budge. It's never going to fail you. And that thing is Jesus. When you operate your life in first place, you are operating your home without a door. And Jesus is saying to you today, I am the door. Keep it open your eyes. Well, what, what just happened? Anybody? Throw me a bone. A little freaky? Vulnerable. I think that, that this, you guys, is why we are second. If you played along with that, and I hope you did, and as you did some of that work, this is why we are second. Because of what he is and what we are not. We are not the door. We are not the provider. We are not the way. We are not the roadmap. We are not that. He is. When we try to become the door, when we try to put something else in that place, that's when we realize that it isn't going to work. That's when we realize that we have a problem because we've tried to do that by being self-reliant upon ourselves. But when we surrender and we let Jesus be the door, all of a sudden we become secure. So where are you at with this? Where are you at with this? Um, there's a lot there. 
but you can say, and I think that one of the things you can definitely say is, as I was talking to, to Lauren this week, we were talking about this, I, this illustration, and she got to, to, to taste it a little bit early, and she said, as I've been thinking about that through the week, it's like there's also things that, that it reminds me of. It's like, yeah, my stuff, my, the physical stuff is safe, but man, it's in my imagination. I start to think, think about all the, my mind and how exposed my mind is to, to voices and to thoughts and things and all the things that I can be bound by. And, and it's because there's no front door on my mind and there's nobody there that's keeping watch. And nobody is checking at the door to say, are you, are you friend or foe? If you're not, you're going to be out of here. And those are the things that happen that our emotions are something that can be our mind, our thought patterns, the things that we say to ourselves or people say to us, those things that people say to us that are hurtful, that come right into where we live and, and start to kick stuff all over the place. And some of you are living in that house right now. Last night I was able to talk a little bit after service. Our Saturday night service is awesome because we have the opportunity without, without much of a constraint to be able to hang out. And my friend was telling me about that that illustration brought her back to a moment in time when her home had been broken into when she was a child. And when they got there, the back door was blown off the hinges. There were pieces of door there. And the whole house had been ransacked. Some of us are there. Some of us have been operating our life, coming to church, but we never put a door on the house. And we're struggling because all of our emotions are all over the place and all of our struggles and we're striving and all this stuff is happening. And the whole point is Jesus is saying that I'm the door. I'm the one that's going to secure this. Why do I have so much confusion in my life? Why do I not know what, which way is up? Why do I feel vulnerable and violated all the time? Why is that? Jesus is the door. And Jesus is first. Because, what do we say? Jesus first, home first. You can't have home to be secure without Jesus being the door. Guys, this is what God wants us to work on today. Is to imagine that for ourselves. There's a couple of things that's uh, something that's happening in two weeks, and I think that this is a core message for us because whatever you're feeling right now, as you feel like, yes, I know that I need to, I want to continue. Maybe you're like, I'm going to continue to keep Jesus as my door. Or maybe you're saying, you know what, I want to make Jesus the door of my house today. I want you to know that there's more people that need to hear this message. There are people that are buzzing down I-57 right now, and they have no clue why their life is such in shambles, and it's because there's no door to the house. And here, people, those people, they might come here, they would not understand us. Like, why are we about to sing about Jesus for the next 15 to 20 minutes? What is the big deal? Because he's the door. That's why. And he secures us. So, two weeks, I've got something to tell you. Two weeks from today, we're going to go to two services on Sunday morning. Nine and eleven. Wow. Because we're going to open up some space for some of those that need to hear about Jesus being the door. You guys have been consistent. We've been packed to, to like, the girls for the past three to four weeks. And we're excited to be able to do that. I get to preach again. Like, maybe by the third time I do it, I get it right, right? 
But here's the opportunity for you to think of it that it's connected to the gospel and to mission. We want to see every generation find their way back to God. And I believe that there's going to be a better way for us to connect, whether that's just in conversation or in prayer, or to be able to simply worship and find an actual spot where we can go and just kind of be by ourselves a little bit. And this is your opportunity. Your opportunity is to invite somebody to come with you. Now, if y'all show up at 9 o'clock and no one comes at 11, I'm going to have to throw, all right? I mean, this is going to be a be. But I believe that everybody, everybody here has an opportunity to invite somebody to come to a service with you because they need to know that Jesus is the Lord. You've been living your life in front of them and they've been noticing things about you and maybe it's time for them to experience community around Jesus. Are you guys down? Are you guys excited what God's doing? This has been a really big, yeah, you can clap, it's all right, yeah. Man, someday y'all are going to get free, man. Someday y'all are going to get free and like something's going to roll up inside. You're going to clap. You're not going to care if anybody else claps. You're going to clap until you're done clapping. You know what you can. <laughs> One of our students says you actually never stop clapping. You just, it's just how long of a pause you take in between. You know what I mean? <laughs> so where are you at with this? Where are you at with this? I love that last verse, Luke 4, 18 and 19, to be read. Um, I want to get you a note, so let's hear it for the class. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Awesome. Thank you. There you go. The freedom for the captive is in the house. So, Jesus says this. Um, we've, we've heard this before. He's quoting scripture. He's in Nazareth. He is ticking people off. If you continue in the chapter, you'll realize that he is not um, a popular guy. And the part that we don't always read to is that the, right after he reads this, everybody gets so ticked in the town that they want to attack him and to throw him off a cliff. And he just walks right through the crowd like a bass, right? Like, <laughs> like I wanted to beat her that day, right? Like he just doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. You're going to throw him off a cliff? No, you're not. But I love the fact that he says what he says. And the reason why it was a big deal is because he was claiming to be those things. But this is a prophecy of the Messiah. He was saying, hey, the, the word of God has been fulfilled and you're here today. And so what does he talk about? He talks about the fact that he is a provider. That he is a liberator or a freedom fighter. That he is a healer. That he is a chain breaker. Think about this. He is a provider. We talked about that in a little bit. I think of like, when I was doing this, this part of the message, I was thinking about fuel. I was thinking about food and bread and this idea that, man, he is the thing that allows us to keep going. He provides for us. Freedom fighter. Where's that at, man? I think of him as a key. Like that prisoner getting out of prison, man. I need that key. I need a fob. Like, anybody got fob? I think, you know, get out. Like, is there, is there a thing? Some sort of like way of getting out of that prison healer. I think about all kinds of things when it comes to that. You know, whether that is medicine, like like cough syrup. Right? 
craft soap doesn't taste good, but it, but it helps us to, to, to experience some sort of healing, even if just for a moment. How about cast? Cast is very much immobile. It's, it's, it's very much like kind of like a pain in the neck, right? Or in the arm. And, and you just have it. And you know, like, man, it's, it's not allowing me to move in this place, but what is it allowing for? It's allowing for healing to happen inside. Like, these are the things that I think about. Chain breaker. Chain breaker. He's the one that is going to release those who have been bound. It's different. Like he says bound versus prisoner. Prisoner is like locked up and like you're you're starting to talk about. But when you're bound, you can be bound by a lot of stuff, right? You can be bound by what you're thinking about, by all kinds of stuff, people, anything. It's really kind of messed up. And so he's saying like, hey, you know what? I'm the chain breaker. I'm the one that takes those things that you're bound by and breaks those things. And so I think about, like last night I was saying, and I think about like, I don't know, steel cutters. Like, is that a thing? Like, I don't know. Like, but there's a bolt cutter. Yeah, there you go. But somebody said, no, there's actually a thing called a steel cutter. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Oh, I was thinking like a hammer. I don't know. Like, if I got to get out of being bound, I would use whatever. Axe. That's probably pretty weird. But, I mean, try. I mean, how bound, uh, how bound up are you and how bad do you want to be free, right? I mean, if I need Jesus to be an axe, that's the way we are. Man, let's go, right? Right? So I want you guys to think about this for a second. Um, and I've got some help. I've got, uh, I think we got some paper that we're going to hand out to everybody. Todd, help us out, Carrie. I want you to take a piece of paper and I, I give that to you. Or they give that to you. I want you to continue to think. I want you to think specifically about this idea that, that Jesus is someone who releases those, who unties those who are bound, who breaks the chain of those that make him the goal, really. But somehow here, he is that steel cutter. He is that bolt cutter. He is that thing that for whatever reason, for whatever reason you've been bound up for so long, somehow Jesus is breaking that chain in your life. And I want you to use your imagination. I want you to get in touch with your soul for just a second. And I want you on that piece of paper to write down the chain that you have been praying that God would break in your life. What chain do you need God to break in your life? Think about what it is for Jesus to be the chain breaker in your life. And here's what I will say. All moments are not created equal. Let me say that again. All moments are not created equal. And what that means is that we have the ability to create defining moments in our life. Moments where we say, no more. When we say yes to Jesus, and we say that we are second to Him. You have the ability, we talked about it in January, our mind is how we think, how we feel, and how we choose. And so you have the agency to choose right now to say, I want to let Jesus be first. And I want to allow Him to break this chain in my life. You can create this moment. And you can say February 10th, 2019 is the day that Jesus broke this chain in my life. 
It doesn't take a high school diploma. That's why students today are going to allow Jesus to break some chains in their life. It doesn't take a bachelor's degree. It doesn't take a master's or a doctorate to allow Jesus to be first in your life. All it takes is for you to be willing to say yes to him. So the band can come up. And as we sing, guess what? We're going to sing all about Jesus. Because he's the door. Because he's the healer. Because he's the provider. Because he's the one that is freeing us. But he's the one that's allowing us to finally clap when we feel like it. It's finally an opportunity for us to sing, to be able to stand up, to invite someone to come out, to a new service, to allow these things to happen in our life. Because this is left. Because he is everything. And as you guys are thinking about what change God is going to break in your life, we're going to begin to sing, and we're going to be able to sing about that change breaker. I think that lots of people, when they experience second place, I would imagine if they don't know Jesus yet, there's a lot of questions, like why so many songs about this guy? Because he is amazing. Like the author of Hebrews said, he's more awesome than anything you've ever imagined. He is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation of his being. And when we sing to him, his spirit fills this room. His spirit's been working on you guys since before you even showed up today. So why don't we sing? Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, we come before you guys right now. And Lord, we've stretched ourselves today. We've interacted with you in different ways. Lord, we've listened to your word and we've allowed it to kind of like open our minds up to different ways of thinking about you. The reason why we're second, the reason why we're second is because of what you are and what we are not. We are here today to proclaim the fact that we are not the door. We are not the healer. We are not the freedom. We are not the one that brings the provision. We are not the bread. We are not the evil's wing. We are not any of those things, but you are, Jesus. And we're here to raise our voice, to maybe raise our hands, to maybe move out of our seat, to maybe go find a place to pray because of the fact that you are first. And we're allowing you to take that spot in this place today. So, Lord, we proclaim freedom in this place. We proclaim your God and we declare that the enemy has no rule here, has no say here, and he is bound and cast away. So that those that need to hear from you have a clear channel to be able to hear from you today. So, God, we give you the glory. I already yours, but Lord, we ascribe it to you right now as we say. If you want to pray to put Jesus at your door today, if you want to pray with someone about anything, I'll be in the back row of here. I'd be happy to do that. So right now, let's just sing. Let's just raise his name right